0: This is Mike Francesa. Join me each week on the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. This is real sports talk for the podcast generation. Subscribe to the free Mike Francesa podcast today from wherever you get your podcasts. Don't even think about betting this football season until you check out the Sports Betters Paradise podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. The top college and pro football handicappers help you along all season long. Subscribe to Sports Betters Paradise wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Um, If you're listening to this in podcast form, please share it out. If it's on YouTube, like, subscribe, share it out. I'm trying to get this growing as fast as I can. I love to meet coaches and get this going. Um, Today I have another great guest with me, um, Coach Watkins. Um, If you don't know who he is, um, you might have seen him on the Chief Pigskin Under the Light show. That's where I got to meet him. I got to be on there for once or twice it was their worst one ever but I got to be on there Um, so coach I appreciate you being here Um, would you please introduce yourself to anybody out there that's listening
1: Steve thanks for having me and uh, to correct you that was not the worst actually did a really really good job thanks for coming on Um, I'm Charles Watkins defensive coordinator at Concordia uh, Chicago so thanks for having me on
0: No, thank you for coming on. I think you're my first college coach on here, so we're going to get that off the bucket list. Um, So the first question I ask every single person, and then we go from there, is how did you get into coaching? Because it's a rewarding profession, but it's a tough profession, high school or college. Like, I'm losing my hair as we speak (laughs) from from doing it. So what got you into uh, coaching and and where you are today?
1: Gotcha. Yeah, great question. For me, it was – the profession allowed me to stay around football. I love football, grew up playing football, played college football, played arena football, was 24, 25, didn't know what I was gonna do the rest of my life. Was fortunate to interview and got a job at Coe College. Um, was on the defensive side. I played college ball on the offensive side and just being on the defensive side opened my eyes. It allowed me to be a sponge. I didn't know anything. Uh, you go into it, you think you know everything you know nothing so it's the most humbling profession as well I soaked it all in had a great two years two different defensive coordinators allowed me to grow and grow then I had the opportunity to go to Rutgers and get back on the offensive side work under a great wide receiver coach I was a GA coach uh, Lester Herb and now I work here under coach Aubrey uh, I'm his defensive coordinator as well as the recruiting coordinator but like you said earlier, this is a great, rewarding profession, um, and I'm continually learning, continue to learn, continue to grow. Um, and, you know, that's kind of been my coaching journey. I've been here for two years now, um, and, and I've learned a lot from year one to year two. We're able to practice this fall, and it's been a lot of uh, milestones that us as a staff, we have able to, to click on the film and see that our defense, the growth from week one
0: to now. So playing offense, did you ever think you were ever going to coach defense? Because when I was young, I wanted to coach that I was 15 years old. Like, that's, I knew that's what was going to happen. And I played offensive line and defensive line, but I was like, offense, offense, offense. Um, I got to Charleston High School, and he said, you're going to do the JV defense, help out the defensive coordinator on varsity, and the only thing you're going to do with offense is running backs. And it opened my eyes. It helped me do offense more. Now I'm offense again, but it opened my eyes. So do you ever think it was going to be defense? was like, I want to
1: do offense since that's what you knew? So we're getting in a recruiting world when I was in high school. I was actually recruited to play safety, uh, which I know now I probably should have played safety. But just my love, wanting to score touchdowns, want to be the offensive side, took over. Uh, so I, I would say I always had a love for both sides of the ball. So I really didn't, didn't mind. I just knew uh, once I got started in coaching, I love what it brings. I love the joy of helping a young man achieve his goal, and then on top of that, I knew if I coached on either side of the ball, it was going to make me a better coordinator, and then it was going to make me a better head coach. Uh, but answer to answer your question, though, uh, I I really it, – it, it, it didn't matter to me. Um, I just enjoyed coaching.
0: Yeah, you're pretty lucky. I knew I wanted to do one thing, and I was a brat. I was 24 years old, and he, or 23 <laughs> years old, I think. Or was I 22? See, I'm losing my mind. And he goes defense, and I was a brat about it. Um, And so I went back to offense, and I was like, oh, my goodness, I understand defense so much. Like, Mm -hmm. I understand better now being on offense. And sometimes I over-explain it to the kids. I'm like, oh, if they line up like this or angle this way, this is why. I'm like, these kids don't know. Like, they're not going to figure that out. Um, So where did you play your college ball at? I think I heard on Chief Basin it was a Duke that you played at. What was that like?
1: Yep, yep. So I played um, undergrad at Duke University, played there under David Cutcliffe, was part of his first recruiting class. And then I got my master's and I did a grad year at Wagner College uh, in New York, closer to home. Um, Duke was an unbelievable uh, university. It was a great time, we had great coaches. The experience was amazing. Uh, just being a student and being a student athlete, got to meet uh, some great teammates. A lot of good classmates, that I'm still friends to this day, and people from all over, different regions, um, different uh, parts of the country. So that was exciting, exciting time. Uh, Basketball won two years, uh, my freshman year and senior year, so that was great to experience that. And then to see the growth that we had from my freshman year, so I think we maybe won three games to uh, my, my last year, we were, you know, playing Johnny Manziel, uh, in a bowl game. So just to see what we was able to do as his first class and got it to kind of heights of where it's at now. And of course, right now we're, we're we're one and four, but just to see that, hey, it was a period of time where Duke was, you know, bowl eligible, I think for three or four years in a row. And to be a part of that foundation uh, is, is incredible.
0: Yeah, I, I find myself watching them a lot. I was rooting for them. Uh, I watched that first game against Notre Dame, and I was like, Duke's got some big players this year. they got some big boys over there right now. Um, I think they'll get it together. Uh, There's some good coaches over there. I don't root for Duke a lot because I'm an Illinois guy. I can't root for (laughs) – I don't like North Carolina. They beat Illinois in the national championship basketball game in 2005 and 6. Right. That's right. I remember that. So, North Carolina broke my heart. So, anytime Duke plays North Carolina, I'm like, I kind of want Duke to win that one. I don't like North Carolina. Um, so you being the recruiting coordinator, um, how has COVID affected all of that? Like football in general for you guys and the recruiting stuff, like, I think recruiting's all over the place with division ones and, and division threes. How did that affect all you guys and what you do?
1: I think it actually kind of helped us because I feel like a lot of universities depend on their facilities, depend on their jerseys, depend on... What the school has, now it forced coaches to get out of their comfort zone. Now you actually gotta get to know this recruit. Now you gotta be able to relate to them. Now you gotta bring that personal element where uh, now you gotta call them. Now you gotta get on Zoom with them. So it really uh, was great for me because that was things I was already doing. I was already building that genuine connection, I was already reaching out to them. But it also allows us to get creative too. Now we can have a virtual visit. Now we can uh, have a video and send it to the recruits that's in Georgia, that's in Texas, where so maybe they can't come in here because they're in the season. We can send them everything that we have to offer, and then when their season's over, they can come up here and visit. So uh, it, it just – I think for us, it really benefited us, um, but it also allowed uh, other schools to know, hey, maybe um, we, we weren't as good as we thought we were as recruiters. Um, but for, for us here at Concordia Chicago, it's, it's been great. Um, but I think it takes a whole team, not just me as a recruiting coordinator. It takes all of our staff. It takes our head coach. Uh, we have a plan, and we execute that plan. Uh, and I think so far, you know, in our 2021 class, uh, starting to shape up.
0: Yeah. Um, I know when this first time that people were freaking out, but I saw people like, no, I can call them. I can text them more. I can Zoom call them. Uh, I talked to a coach at University of St. Francis, Coach Hanson. He was coach at Hensdale South. He's like. I just have conversations it's not about football. It's, hey, how's it going? How's class? How's, yep. how are you handling this COVID quarantine situation? Like, so he said it, it was actually, it's his first year. So he said he actually went into it easier just doing that. So, mm-hmm. um, so for you guys, are you guys playing in the spring as well during this whole COVID thing? And how's that shaping up? You guys have a full schedule in the spring? Is it going to be like high school really get seven games or six games? How's that shaping up for you guys?
1: So so very similar to uh, the high school here in Illinois, we – five games. Five games guaranteed. And, of course, there's some – there's some other things on the table for us to possibly play eight to ten games and get that year back. But as of right now, where it stands is we'll have five games. We'll have three games in in our side of the division. Win that, you go into like a round robin. So you win two, you're basically the conference champ um, for – for, for our conference. So that's what it is right now. Our guys are practicing in the fall. They'll go home for the break. They'll come back in January. and We'll get ready for a four or five game season.
0: Yeah, hopefully you guys get more and hopefully it just stays the course. Hopefully everything just, for you guys, it's easier for you guys to stay the course than us, but hopefully it stays the course. I'll have to go catch a game. If we don't get anything going, I'll have to drive. I don't like driving to the city, though, so we'll find out. <laughs>
1: we're, right, we're, we're, we're right outside. You, you know River Forest, right in the suburbs, before you get into the city. So, you know, it's, it's not that bad. But um, I'm glad that some high schools here in Illinois can practice because once we get done here, I'm making my we, our staffs going to make our rounds out to check out some high school football, see what teams are doing, see some guys that we're recruiting but I, I hope they do have a season two. Um, it'll give us Friday nights, keep the same schedule. We see high school Saturday, we play. So I'm, I'm very, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that we're able to, to see some high school football around here.
0: Yeah. You guys can go to Indiana and see that right across the border. They're, they're all for it. And I We won't get into that. That's a whole nother topic. Um, so what's a misconception I hope I ask this question what's a misconception about division three football because I know when I was coaching at Charles I had kids I want to play D1 it was D1 or bust it was one double a or bust Mm -hmm. and no offense to some of these kids they were juniors or seniors I'm like if you don't know by now that you're playing division one you ain't playing Mm -hmm. it's just a reality um I would push division threes and division twos and I said, football is football at the end of the day. I said, if you get recruited and go play, you can go play. A lot of good players are in Division three football. I don't think people realize that. So what's a misconception for Division three? Like, I love Division three football. So what's a misconception for these kids and coaches with that level?
1: Great question. One of the biggest ones is that it's like extension of high school. They call it the 13th grade or they think it's not affordable. And that's two things that are very misconstrued. Uh, college can be very affordable here. Our average student, just not student athlete, pays eight k a year, right? Where the sticker price is forty four. They give out grants, academic scholarships, around at 36 range. So the average is six k a year. And then you look at uh, the, the Division three national champs. Look at North Central. Look at We. Uh, you see some of these schools. You're like, wow, ain't no way that our high school can compete with those. So Division three is very, very competitive. Um, it's not that you know, this guy didn't play in high school, and he's just going to come on a Division three team and start. These are some of the best athletes on your team in high school that will go to a D3 and still have to wait one or two years. Uh, so that's where a lot of people is misconstrued. And I think us as Division three coaches, we have to do a better job promoting our game and, and letting everyone know, hey, no, this is competitive ball, and it also is very, very affordable uh, for families out there.
0: Yeah, because I remember being even when I was in high school, I got recruited hard by, like, Milliken and stuff i think the head coach i coach about zion now and i coached against him so it's just a weird how it all came back around one of the things we all said as 16 year old seventeen-year-old kids like oh it's division three it's too expensive um i tried to walk on eastern and got my butt kicked so it was a big wake-up <laughs> call but as i started coaching i said i'm gonna push this too like if i know these kids can't do division one hey yep. if you want to play not saying you're gonna go there and play right away but if you're getting recruited look at it at least, at least go talk, figure it out. Um, Cause not everybody's going to get that full right scholarship. It's just yep. not going to happen.
1: Yep. And the goal is to try to make college the most affordable, go to the schools to give you a great package, great financial aid, great academic. So that way you're not $2, $200,000 in debt, right? You can go walk on to the university of Florida, right? Or let's say Northwestern, a private school and pay what, you know, 60 K a year, and never get that full ride as post to going to Concordia, play three or four years and uh, be less in debt.
0: Right, and you get to play ball. You get to try a new experience. Uh, it all works out. Um, so I won't do my job if we don't ask X's and O's. So what kind of defense do you personally like running at Concordia? Like, because I, I, you're the coordinator, so you get to do your own thing. So what kind of defense do you guys run? And then is there anything unique about what you guys run, anything unique outside of what the traditional defense would be?
1: So we're, we're a 4-2-5, four, uh, 4 down lineman. We have our two backers, our Mike or Will. Uh, and then we'll have strong free, two corners. Then that fifth guy is kind of your, your hybrid. It's um, a guy that can be a DB, uh, can be a linebacker. We move it around. Uh, we are – I think one thing we do unique is – I, I want to implement a four down front with a three down front. So we'll keep our same personnel and and sometimes we'll come down to a three, sometimes we'll stay in our four. So I think we're able to, you know, of course that takes some recruiting. Sorry about that. We got some recruits in here, but uh, we want to just make sure that we keep that offense off balance. We want to do a good job of uh, mixing it up so that old line they're, they're not able to make their checks or make their counts. So I think there's one one unique thing that I haven't seen at, at our level yet. I think it's trickling down. You kind of see Bama, you see Georgia, you uh, even see Clemson. A lot of those uh, defensive schemes, they were able to – you know, be able to go from a three to a zero. You know, go from a five to a four. I shift, shift down, and have that stand up the end. So uh, that's something that uh, we have done so far, and having a lot of success with.
0: Yeah, when I was at Glombard East, I was offense only, but I watched our defense. We were a four-two-five, but then once in a while we hopped to a three-four, mm-hmm. it was just a simple way to adjust it. They could slant their D end this way, bring our backer off, and cause some problems. When I first coached defense, it was a three-four, so. That's what I would do, too. I'd slant a lot and bring a guy off. Um, I couldn't be a D coordinator. I don't know how you guys do it. Watching <laughs> college football this weekend, I tweeted out. I was like, I could not coach defense. I'm watching that Alabama old Miss game, I was like, I could not be a D coordinator yeah, right now.
1: time right now. You see a lot of these, these schools are putting up 40, 50, 60. It's, it's, I, I wonder, what is that factor, though, right? Especially in the SEC, you rarely see this. You wonder if the offense are finally catching up to the defense or because of COVID, what, what happened, the pushback, or is it just that offense now have older players, whereas the defense are a lot younger, and they, can't, you know, they haven't had that experience yet. So, no, I think if somebody did that study, that would be really good to know why the SEC have picked up scoring so much.
0: I think it's both. I think it's the RPO stuff and this, you know, up-tempo stuff. Then I think it's COVID because, like, maybe um, they said they didn't tackle early until their first game. Mm. So I think I think COVID had a lot to do with it. And then I was talking to somebody yesterday. I said, I think it's – and you correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like it's almost easier to implement an offense on Zoom than it is a defense. Because mm. I feel like defense is a lot of looking, a lot of reacting, a lot of if this happens, this happens. Yep. Where, from an offense perspective, I'm like, well, if he lines up here, you just go right here. I don't – if that makes sense. Like, you know, there's no, like, on the fly. It's just he does this, do this, 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 and that's it. Um,
1: no, you're right, good point. That's a great point.
0: So, that's that's just me personally. Like, we did things this summer for offense, and I f- found it easier to draw up a run because I'm a run game corner, so I gotta draw it up. I'm like, that's easier than me doing defense. Like, well, if they line up this way, this is happening, or this, this, and this. And yep. so, I feel like that's a huge thing. Or Nick Saban said Lane Kiffin stole the signals. I don't know, <laughs>
1: uh,
0: I doubt it, but um. Uh, so for you guys, what, what's – for your defense, what offense gives you the most trouble, if any at all?
1: Gotcha. Um, I would say if you have a good quarterback, I think they'll give anybody trouble. I think that makes the scheme go. Because, you know, we all could say this scheme works or this scheme works, but I honestly believe if you have a quarterback that you can go 4-wide, 5-wide, can get rid of the ball quick, can make adjustments, can be your extension of your coaching staff out there, then we're, we're going to have a, a tough day with that team. Um, and I think that's the ultimate equalizer is having that guy out there that can make your, your scheme work. Uh, then outside of that, I would say just, um, just triple option too. Triple option. We, we don't see it as much so our guys have to remember their base rules. Our guys will have to tackle well in space, make proper checks. So between having a really, really good quarterback and then also uh, that that triple option factor.
0: You're seeing a lot of offenses go backwards now. We saw this up-tempo spread. Now I th- you're seeing teams stay spread, but they're bringing the H back, tight end, the running option. They're going back to wing T philosophies, actually. Yep. like. I hate to say it because I love the spread stuff, but we're going back to that, and it's causing teams' defenses problems because they're – well, in college, I'm looking at, they're built to stop this. Now now you're going back. Like Oklahoma, for example, they ran the ball so much against Texas, that GT counter, just because they could. Yep. Because Texas wasn't built for that. They were built for the spread. And like Clemson, they said, we're going to recruit like Alabama, and now they have SEC players. And when teams try to run the ball against them in the ACC, they can't – they're like that can stop the run now because they have the big-time run stoppers because they know they're going to play Alabama in the national championship game. So – but now you're seeing Alabama pass the ball more. Yep. So
1: you're seeing across the board also, too, with Alabama. Their philosophy have changed over the years. Before they were getting uh, uh, the Terrence Codys of the world, the 6'3", six, 380, six, right, nose tackle. Now they're getting a lot slimmer. They're getting faster because the teams are going sp- – for it um, because it is working. Like you said, Nick Saban, uh, their offense, they're slinging it out. Before, there used to be 22 personnel. We're going to hand it off 30, 40 times, have a game manager. Now, they, you know, Jones is looking really, really good. He's slinging a rock, making plays. Those receivers are incredible, but also doesn't hurt to hand it off to Najee Harris, who can go for, what, 200 yards, right, three touchdowns. So, um, no, you're 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 absolutely right. you, you got to be able to adapt with this time, and recruiting definitely helps with that.
0: Um So I think on one of the shows with Coach Alba, who it's funny that I know Coach Alba from playing against him. He was a coach, and I was a player on another team. And he he texts me one day. He goes, "I'm old after you said that." He goes, "I'm pretty old that <laughs> you brought that up." Um, I think you said something about the wing T. Why do you like the offensive side? I'm cursing on here right now talking about wing T. Uh, but for you, if you were in a high school and you ran the wing T, why would you run the wing T? out of high school or even college.
1: Yeah. So for me, it I think one is because a lot of teams, like you said, are gearing up for the spread. So they they don't know how to necessarily handle the wing tee. But I will also add the up-temple element to it now too because teams are struggling with up-temple and then they struggle with their responsibility. And because with the wing tee, it, it's not about the coaching. It's about the players right, because a lot of WT teams, they have to make their right checks, right? I'd rather go up against a player than a coach. And, I, you know, you don't, especially if I'm in high school, right, I don't know – I'm not going to recruit the players I want. You know, maybe if I'm at a college or if I'm at Alabama, whatever run works there. But if I go to a, a school that has been struggling for a while and we run it, they'll give us a chance. It's a reason why the Naval Academy, Army, all those schools are in it you know, it's not because they got the best athletes because that philosophy, I think it works. And now you just, you add that up, tempo with it. Wow. You got, you got teams on, on uh, team's back, put on that, they're on their heels. So, but that's, that's why I would, I would work because it, it takes away the time. possessions in my favor. It eliminates uh, the possibility of two things happening when you throw it incomplete or takeaway. Right. Um, and, you know, allows your defense to rest. I'm a defense, guy. So it allows us no three and out, or should be no three and out. And if it is, it eats at the clock. Um, and then um, you score points. If you're running it, you're you're putting up points. Especially if a team that hasn't seen it. I love when when uh, Larry Fidel, uh, Larry Fedora. I'll never forget it. Their first time they played Georgia Tech when Paul Johnson was there. I think the score was like sixty to twenty because he never seen a triple option, and it looks different on film than it does. It in person so um that's why yeah that's why i love it
0: yeah i like triple option more than like your old school wing t like that i don't know but like the veer and all that um i'm a spread guy but i grew up playing an option and i coached in it i like the pistol option stuff Mm -hmm. and um rick stewart out there who does this big time they're coming up with a pistol wing t rpo system nice that's up tempo And I got to see glimpses of it. And that is scary looking for it on the defensive side. Like, you got pistol stuff. You got the motions. You got the misdirections. You got the option. Now you're adding up-tempo RPO.
1: Oh, yeah. So much.
0: And if somebody could do that, I I think you're going to see it this year with COVID. A no-huddle, wing-T, triple option. Because they can't be close to each other. So, I think you're going to see it. But if someone can come up with it, I think it could be dangerous. The offense is simple enough. Just like an air raid. Air raid's simple, but like a wing yep. T stuff is simple. You up-tempo it.
1: Gotta execute it. Yep.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. My thing with wing T stuff was, and Navy proved me wrong this year, I said I feel like a wing T team, if you're down 20 points or 30 points, it's hard to come back. Yep. Um, like I was at East Aurora last year. We were losing 21-0 in the second quarter. Um, we stopped them. We're, we're – we run North Central's offense. The head coach came from North Central. He played there. So we run their their type of offense, H-back, tight end stuff. We, we passed them. four plays. We score. Now it's 21-7. They, they turn it over. We score again. It's 21-14. We stop them again. Now it's 21-21. So I just feel like we were in a situation to do that. Until Navy proved me wrong a couple weeks ago. They, they were down to two lane and came back. But Navy will go spread and throw it a little bit too. Because um, then at Charleston, I coached. They're the and family. Some of them are in Charleston. So I met some of the and family and then they told me to run army stuff. And I said, no, and they never talked to me again.
1: Not- <laughs> no, You're right though. It is tough to come back. Um, but as coaches, right, we never game plan to come back. We don't go in our meet and say, Hey guys, these are our plays. If we, have to come back, right? We go in there saying, hey, these are the players going to work. We're going to be up by 40. So that's, that's what I think a lot of the, the triple option, the wing tee guys, that's kind of their argument is, hey, we do our job well enough. We don't have to worry about coming back. And if we do uh, got to come back, then we got bigger issues than just running our wing tee, running our offense.
0: Oh, that's true. It's just I love getting the, the debates, not arguments. I don't like arguments. It's yeah, debates. You need the debate. You need um, it. Because some of these wing T guys on Twitter and stuff, they will bash it. Like, I know I'm keeping you a while, and I'm going to rant. The Mississippi State thing. Mississippi State's struggling right now. Mm-hmm. And somebody tweeted, where's all the Mike Leach fans now? And I said, hold on a second. Like, I know they beat LSU. I think LSU is so down this year that it doesn't matter mm-hmm. what happens. Mike Leach is a good coach. He'll figure it out. Costello throws has thrown seven interceptions in two games. I said – and so they're like, oh, so you're gonna blame the quarterback. And I said, no, it's on Mike Leach too, but I'm still a fan. Like he's so that's why he, he took air raid from triple option. They took that what if if then philosophy and created that. So I get irritated with that stuff. Like air raid doesn't work, spread doesn't work. It does.
1: It, it goes both both ways. Because if if let's say he let's say hypothetically Mike Leach ran a triple option and it didn't work in Mississippi State. They're gonna say, oh, where's triple option working now? So I think if anything, you gotta give a system two years, right? I used that two-year philosophy and it worked with LeBron James, right? I know we're talking about basketball, but it takes time. You gotta trust the process. You gotta, you know, get that buy in front of players, from the administration, from the coaching staff, everyone. Trust their process, trust the quarterback, even though he turned it over seven times, right? If he's the best guy, you gotta go with him. Um, but at the same time, right, if the backup is uh, outperform him in practice. You got to go to backup, um, but trust the system. That don't mean just rip it all up and get rid of run a new system, whatever your system is, trust it, keep getting work at it. Um, I think the, that office is good. I think you have the superior talent in the sec that no reason why it can't work. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see. Uh, I, Personally, if you listen to Under the Lights, I said LSU was going to struggle. I said Mississippi State's going to struggle just because it's new, because they didn't have that time in the spring. Um, But you see flashes of it, though, when it does work.
0: Right. And then someone, I was on a show with my friend, and he goes, so explain to me, if the air raid, if the quarterback's not making good reads, he's not passing it, why don't they just run the ball? That's why they don't like the air raid. And I said, "That's Mike Leach has a system. You know, like don't abandon what you were practicing. Yep. I said that's why some of these spread playbooks are this thick, kind of like what you said. You don't go Mike Leach doesn't go into a game saying this isn't gonna work. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that. Like you're not gonna go into it saying it's not gonna work. So why would you know he go and say, okay, we're gonna run power and inside zone. That's not what they do. Yep. And that's why you see these coaches say we're gonna practice all these raid plays, but then we're gonna have full run plays, just in case that's not working, we have this. Mike Leach is like Phil Jackson. Like, he's not – he's going to let him play through it. Like, we got to figure yep. it out. Yep. Um, and it's no different than the wing tee or running the ball. Like, what if they fumble the ball? What if they're not blocking? Are you going to yep. start passing it all of a sudden?
1: Right, right. Yeah, football, I tell coaches this. Football is a simple game coached by complicated coaches. We just got to keep it simple, let our players line up, and then ultimately it's going to come down to the Jimmys and the Joes anyway. So that's where my job as a coordinator comes in at. We can run any defense. We can run three, four next year. If I recruit the best recruits in Division 3 we're going to be good.
0: Right. Um, I promise you I won't take a lot of your time, and here I am. So we'll get to wrap that up. Um, how did you end up on Under the Lights with Coach Albo? How did that work with him? I'm trying to get him on so here. He, he, it's, it's just complicated to yeah. get him on here. Uh,
1: and I know he's, he's such a busy guy. He really yeah. is. Um, it, he, he asked me to be on it. Uh, as one of the shows at first, had a great time and was, you know, home during COVID. So I'm watching a lot of ESPN. I'm seeing also watching Santa Sharp and I um, uh, can't think of his name, but, you know, get Bayless. Uh, Skip Skip, Bayless. Yes. Yeah. So I'm watching them too. Um, and I'm like, man, wow, that, that looks pretty cool. You get to talk about football all day or talk sports all day. So I, I, I asked Nate, I was like, Hey, would you mind if I, um, be a co-host for a week. And then a week turned into a month, uh, turned into a couple months. So that's exactly how it went. I reached out to him, asked, can I be on it? Uh, Cause I wanted to get that experience. I want to see what it was like. Uh, Cause that can be, you know, once I'm done coaching, right? If I'm you know, fortunate to, to be in this profession for a very, very long time, um, maybe I can get into a next um, uh, realm, you know, what's my next career. So just always looking and trying to see how long, stick or stay around this game, right? Because, uh, you know, as coaching, either you got fired or you're about to be fired. So mm-hmm. just trying to make sure that um, that I'm, different careers I, I can be prepared for.
0: Yeah, me and my best friend growing up, we would watch Stephen A. Smith and Skip Bayless on ESPN. We were 15, 16 years old, and we always said we want to do that. And we just never did it. Well, when I started this, like two weeks ago, he said I got to see him. He came into Chicago, um, and I got to go see him. He goes. Why don't we just start doing that for your podcast? So we've done two now. We just nice. it's a col- it's a college football recap Sunday mornings. We wake up and we go over like six games and we talk about it. Um, and it's cool because he doesn't coach, so he's coming from he played in high school. So he's coming from a fan side of it, kind of, gotcha. and I'm coming from the coach side of it.
1: Yep.
0: Um, so it's funny you said that we started doing that on Sunday more on Sundays, either in the morning or afternoon. Um, because we have time. That's what we have. We, we have this time. So, uh, well, coach, that's all I have. I appreciate you coming on. Um, Anything you want to say to get guys to come to Concordia? I can, I have some coach friends. We can get them to come over there.
1: Well, first send me, send me that link on Sunday. I'd love to come check you guys out, but um, to to all the coaches, listening to recruits, uh, Concordia, Chicago, we're located right in River Forest. Uh, Great great university uh, that cares about academics first student athletes um, and we want to help you become a better person first Uh, and then from there we'll focus on the football part but it's all about family here forget about me I love you right we're going to take care of the things that are going to make you become a better person because someday you're going to be somebody's father. Someday you will going to be somebody's husband. We want to give you those tools that's going to make you successful in life. And that's why I think coming here is a 40-year plan, not just a four-year plan. So, but uh, thanks for having me on, Steve. I'm super excited. Um, and, you know, good luck if you guys have a season this this year in the spring.
0: Yeah, thank you. Um, I'll, I'll send that to some recruits. I got coaching friends all over the state. We'll, 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 get, we'll send them that way. I'll send my kids that way too um if we play but we'll get there um so i appreciate you coming on anybody out there listening stay safe and we'll see you next time
1: lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office